0: what's going on everyone thank you so much for listening to the podcast today i truly hope that this podcast brings you lots of value just wanted to hop on here quick and definitely let you guys know that i did start a youtube channel definitely go and give it some love it is called into the event industry on youtube you can definitely head over to my instagram and get the link to that but other than that thank you guys so much enjoy this podcast Hi, everyone, and welcome to
1: the podcast. I have Miss Megan on the line, and she's actually based in the Oklahoma area. Super excited to have her on the podcast today and chat with her. Um, Megan, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, your company, and let people know how long you've been around for.
2: Okay. Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Megan Farin, and I have um, a flower shop and plant shop and um, event business here in Muscovy, Oklahoma. Um, called Poppy's Garden. And um we've been in business for almost five years. Um we've had the shop um for three years in July and then I've had my event business one to two years prior to that. Um, and so yeah that's pretty I mean that's pretty much it. We've um you know do flowers and blooms and have the daily flower shop so deliveries and you know all that retail good stuff so that's kind of what we have going on.
1: No that's fun and as a flower shop just in general um you know was that kind of always your hopes and dreams for where you saw the business rolling or did you ever imagine you know you'd have your own shop?
2: I I think that was always part of like the you know my goal um I think, you know, it was a very idealistic goal, and, you you know, you see all these things on in movies where people have, like, these shops, and you think, like, I want to do that one day, but ultimately, I think I knew starting out with, like, my event business that I was not going to be able to just have my event business and then not work part-time for somebody else, and so um, there was an opportunity to share a space with a little cafe here in town. And, um, and so I just thought like, I, you know, I'm ready to be doing this every day. I don't, I don't want to be just be doing this on weekends or like having a side hustle. I really want to make this a part of my daily,
0: um,
2: you know, life and, um, and grow that, you know, into something more. So that's kind of how the, the shop fell into place. And, Um. Yeah, I I I think I mean I just knew I didn't want to work for somebody else. I had worked at other flower shops, and I wasn't you know wasn't the best thing. And I think I knew that I ultimately just wanted to have my own thing full time.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then, um, I mean, ultimately, just being your own boss, making the decisions. Um, having your creative freedom, you know, comes at, comes at a price yeah. for sure, you know, but I feel like it's ultimately the bread and butter, you know, and it's yeah. the ultimate, you know. I, I, Off of my end, I know at least I wouldn't want to have it any other way. I feel like right. you definitely could agree with me off of that end. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you think is – your favorite part of owning your own business and not having to work really um, under someone?
2: Oh, probably d- being able to be creative every day. Um, that's probably my favorite part. I am more that way, and I'm my probably the the thing that I struggle with the most is the business end of things. Um, I love the challenge of figuring out like how are we going to get all of this done in one day? How are we going to you know make these event work how you know are we going to work under time constraints and all the details and logistics that go along with all of that and then you know and then making it all beautiful at the end of the day um i i excel with those things um the business side i don't excel at um that's something i'm constantly trying to work on um but yeah, probably my favorite part is just the ability to be creative every day, to challenge myself every day. Um, and I, I enjoy, you know, interacting with people every day. And every day I feel like as a business owner is, is new. <laughs> like there's never a day that's like the the day before. And that's, you know, what I wanted.
1: hmm And then um... – you know, for you, I know that, um, you know, really just being creative is a thing, you know, I mean, obviously with any part of the industry, but florals for sure. Um, yeah. I know this might be a harder question for you, but what is your favorite flower? <laughs> um,
2: I knew you were going to ask me that question. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it kind of varies from season to season for sure. Um, I think the like newness of each season and like what's going to be the best this season, what, you know, what am I going to love working with? Um, I love that, how it's constantly changing. I mean, my go-to things I I love are, um, you know, ranunculus, garden roses, um, you know, peonies, just like every everybody else, but, like, I love the unexpected flowers and the whimsical flowers and things that you just don't get um, get a hold of very often. And then, some, you know, then sometimes I might go through a phase where I like a particular foliage or texture, um, not necessarily even a flower. Um, so it's constantly changing. Um, but, you know, I still have my go-tos. Like, right now it's peony season and I have the cooler stocked with, like, five different types of peonies, and I'm, I'm, like, hoarding them. I don't want to sell them. Yeah. I just want to look at them. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, and then, I mean, it's not obviously, like, a thing, I feel like, for new flowers to come about, but do you see, like, trends of different flowers? Like, Say right now, like a certain flower, or maybe obviously color combos for sure are probably super in. Like, do you see? Oh yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. one over over the other. Is it more so color trends, or is it more so like flower trends, or what do you kind
2: of see? Uh, I feel like it's definitely flower uh, color trends, um, and then you know, always doing something unexpected with flowers. Like recently, the on trend thing has been dyed flowers. Like, have you seen those? like brown tulips that are dyed and uh-huh.
1: now they're yeah. Um,
2: yeah. And blue where like the tulip is very, like all the colors coming through all the veins of the flower. and um, So that's very much on trend. I think um, painted flowers are on trend, dyed flowers are on trend right now. Um, and I think it's just taking what we have and trying to find something new to you know, out of that flower, different uses for that flower, I think right now is the big thing that I'm seeing, for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, and then, I mean, are those dyed and painted flowers obviously going to be more expensive because that's actual, like, physical labor going into those, or...
2: They are a little bit more expensive, but not astronom- astronomically expensive. The okay. um, dried flowers seem and bleach um, flowers seem to be more expensive, um, from what I can tell. But like the like the dyed tulips and how we're dyeing different different things, um, I don't really see it being too much more expensive. But the dried flowers I've noticed are quite expensive. But at, you know, at the same time, they're not going to die, and so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I could see where they would be more expensive, and there definitely is more labor involved in that flower at that point.
1: Mm-hmm. So then, you know, for you owning a biz, or a flower shop, um, and you had said, you know, the business side may not currently, I'm going to say currently, because it's, will eventually uh, yeah become a strong suit for you. do you find yourself leaning on others to, you know, definitely help you through these things? Do you find yourself, you know, kind of just teaching yourself, like YouTubing it and figuring it out? Like what's kind of your process on, you know, bettering um, yourself off the business end?
2: I find myself, I am very, it's, I'm very bad about asking for help. Um, so, whereas I know I, I need to ask for help and I need to um, find someone to handle those things for me, it's really hard for me. So, I find myself just kind of making it work on my own a lot of the time. Um, but I know that the next step and in order for me to grow is to get help and to, like, have someone managing that for me and get some better things in place, you know, to do better with that for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I do. I'm, I'm re- really bad about asking for help. So that's kind of been one of my biggest downfalls, I feel like, from a business standpoint is just that I need to get those things in place so that it's kind of off of my plate because if that's off of my plate, I can go Excel elsewhere where, you know, sure. where I'm better at, you know, designing or you know, doing another, a different job that I excel at. Because, you know, working the numbers and doing all of those things, I'm not as good as, as that, at that.
1: Sure. Well, and, I mean, it obviously just starts with the recognition part of it, yeah. you know, so, um, you know, recognizing that, you know, you yeah. you need help off of that end, or recognizing <laughs> yeah. like okay, well off of my end for sure. I mean, I, I you know I graduated in marketing uh, from mm-hmm. my university, and I hated my accounting and finance and all those courses. Yeah. you know, so I told myself I, you know, probably chatted with four, five, six different bookkeepers. I use QuickBooks, but she—I found a lady who just does it off the side. Because obviously, like I'm, I'm not just starting off. Like I've I've been in business now for a couple of years, but I'm not at the point where yeah. I could have like a huge bookkeeping agency, you know, charging right. like, astronomical prices. So I found someone yeah. does it off the side, you know, charges really nothing um right and I found another girl who does CPA work off the side you know so it's just like finding these people that you're like side hustling it literally that they'll give you a break you know but obviously they'll take care of you but yeah I I don't worry about any of that you know they they worry about it for me and then they just tell me like hey you need to do this I'm like great okay that's easy you know but yeah
2: yeah exactly no I have um Someone that does my taxes, and I need to Uh find um, a bookkeeper um, to do my, like, monthly bookkeeping and um, things like that. I do have someone that um, takes care of my payroll now as far as, like, they tell me what I'm supposed to pay someone with all the taxes taken out and all that good stuff. Um, So I do have that. So, um, but, you know, I just need the the monthly bookkeeping that I need to tackle, I think. That's the next step. Yeah, yeah. Cause, just because honestly, like,
1: yeah, it's going to cost you, but it's also costing you taking away from yeah. your work work, you know? So then it's yeah. like you, like, look at it off of both ends, and when you see, like, an, a dollar sign, I feel like mm-hmm. straight away, it's like, holy cow. But then at the end of the day, it's like, well, that's not really that much, you know? Like, no. I can make that up in – one order, you know, like, or whatever
2: right. it be. Like, you just kind of, like,
1: do balances at that point. You're like, okay, this is worth it. Done, you know.
2: <laughs> well, and then it's just, like, a, then you kind of know where you are, like, and where you stand mm-hmm. financially, and I think, like, that is value in itself. So, it's, kind, it's something I've been, like, just putting off and putting off, but I know, like, that I have to. Just, I have to. So. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, you know, for sure. All that, all that fun business owner stuff. I know. It's like one of those <laughs> things that you have on
1: your to do list, and you're like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And yeah. Then two months later, exactly. you're like, I still haven't gotten to it.
2: <laughs> I know. And then it's like, you know, we've just been in this quarantine. What would have been like the ample time to get all right. that stuff in order. And so, you know, it will get done though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then for you, um, how many people do you have under your payroll?
2: Um, I have, like, a few people that just come and help with events and then work, you know, from time to time. But um, I don't have anyone that comes in regularly each week. Um, My shop is teeny, teeny tiny. Um, Okay. Probably, like, our building is probably about 1,100 square feet maybe, and so then we split that in half. Um, and so like my little space is like 500 square feet and, um, I have, so it's just a little tiny work area. And so it's a little cramped. Um, my parents come and help me a lot. My dad does all my deliveries for me. Um, my mom comes and helps a lot. So that's really fun. Um, and then just during events really is when I have people come in for help. Okay. Well, and then do you find
1: it more so, you know, off of the independent contractor? Are they actually, like, on your payroll? Like, how do you kind of run people?
2: Um, At first I was having them be an independent contractor where, you know, like, no taxes were being taken out. But then I finally, I have had some girls that were in high school, and I was just like, I don't want them having to worry about paying taxes at the end of the year with this, like not having taxes taken out. Um, Because they will accumulate, like, quite a bit of hours with the larger events and stuff, so they were getting over that threshold. Um, So I ended up having them sign on as employees, so then it takes taxes out. and They won't have to worry as much when they have to go file taxes.
1: Okay. That makes sense, though. Um, Yeah. So then... You know, for you, ideally, you know, everything lines up. Um, Where would you like to see yourself staying in about
2: five years? Um, I would love to be in a larger space. Um, My ultimate goal is to have a space where I have an apartment above so that I can live and work in the same space. Um, Not that that's going to be that way forever, but, you know, There are so many times when I'm working like really late nights, especially during holidays or large events, and um, it would be nice to just go upstairs and go to bed. Um, And then also like right now, my shop is so small that anytime we do a big event, it has to be in the home studio. So it's just like I feel like we're spread out. And, you know, I have storage here, and then I have a home studio here, and then I have the shop. Here And so I would love to have a space large enough to consolidate all of those things into one space and living as well. Um, that's probably my ultimate goal for in the next five years is to find that perfect space.
1: And then uh, remind me what cities are you're you in, in
2: Oklahoma. I'm in Muskogee, um, but I, for events and stuff, I probably do, um, Probably about 90% of my event business is in Tulsa. Um, And then I have some events here in Muskogee, but mainly um, it's in Tulsa. I'm from Muskogee, so it was was really important for me to be here as far as, like, the day-to-day stuff. Um, But then, you know, there aren't enough events here in Muskogee. so And it's only a 40-minute, 40- 40 to 45-minute drive to Tulsa. And I always tell people like it doesn't matter if I'm going fifteen minutes down the road to a venue venue here in town or forty minutes here or an hour here or two hours down the road, I have to load the car the same way, right <laughs> It gets loaded the same way, it comes out yep. the same way, yep. and so it's not it's not a big deal either way. It's actually kind of nice to get everything loaded, get in the car and have. A 45 minutes to, like, decompress or get ready <laughs> for the chaos.
1: Right. Yeah, for sure. Um So then do you, you know, really – do you have, like, a refrigerated, you know, van? Do you kind of just move out of your personal car – well, personal um, work, I feel like we can write it off <laughs> –
2: Um, I have my SUV and then typically we'll just rent, um, vans. And then I have a friend who has a restaurant that he lets us borrow his van sometimes, um, when it's available. So that's really nice. We haven't had to do the refrigerated truck yet. Um, we came really close last year. I think it was this time last year that we had a, had two huge weddings. Um, one in Tulsa and one in Branson on the same day, Branson, Missouri, and um, that was a, a – we came super close to getting a refrigerator check, but the weather wasn't super hot that weekend, so we kind of stayed by. Um, but I don't, I don't find myself doing that many events in the summertime. It gets so hot in Oklahoma that, like, typically I'll try and find – you know, do a wedding where the flowers are inside. Um, and so it's usually not an issue. We just get a air-conditioned put them in an air-conditioned vehicle and don't have any big issues with that.
1: Sure. So then when is wedding season for you guys?
2: Um, It starts in probably March, um, and then it will go all summer long, really, but, like, the thick of it will be from, like, March till um, the end of June. And then July and August are pretty hot, so they kind of, like, taper off a little bit September's a little warm. They start picking back up in September and then go all the way till end of November. Those are pretty are pretty big wedding seasons.
1: Okay. For sure. Um so then as planners, you know, just in general, mm-hmm. how can we bring you personally more value?
2: Um, I think my biggest struggle with planners this year has been um, not being knowledgeable on cost of, of flowers and, like, pricing. Um, I've had a few problems this year with being, um, oh, I hate, I hate to use the word price shops, but, like, where we've been, like, kind of, other florists and I have been pinned together, like, where it's, like, almost like a bidding, you know, issue, um, uh-huh. and so that's been really frustrating. I, I think, um, I think it's, I don't think it's done on intentionally. I think it's just, you know, there's so many people that aren't pricing florals correctly. And I think our market as a whole is sometimes underpricing. And then you have people that are priced, you know, a few people that are pricing correctly. So it's very easy for florists to underbid each other um and so that that's been very frustrating but I think you know um what it's going to take is just to like sit down with those planners and like you know come together as like a group of florists and say like hey listen like this is this expensive because of this and this is what goes Mm -hmm. into that and you know this is why this pricing needs to be a certain way and you know, you've got to quit telling your brides that we can do all of these things that they've seen on Pinterest for this amount of money. <laughs> like, it's not. Uh, you, it's, and it's not it's going to such happen. a love-hate with Pinterest, too, because you see, yes.
1: like, easily – well, granted, a lot of these events are in New York or L.A., so prices are going to be way astronomical over what –
2: And they're much more you
1: know, sure, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yes. I'm sure – I mean – these are celeb weddings at this point, you know, right. or million dollar, you know, maybe not a million, upwards probably of like 500 grand probably for oh yeah total budget yeah. wedding. Easy. Um, mm-hmm. Up in, like I said, New York or L.A., you know, and right. we're obviously Phoenix and, you know, the Tulsa, Oklahoma area, you know, so our prices are going to be different, but it's just not like people just think like oh well that elaborate centerpiece such draping that is on an acrylic box or acrylic stand that should only mm-hmm. be like 50 bucks and like oh yeah just the stand alone yeah. is 50 dollars oh
2: yeah <laughs> like I know and and then the greenery weddings like I cannot tell you how many people have come to me and said well it's just greenery and I'm like but it's
1: uh-huh.
2: so expensive and like it right. takes two to three times more greenery to yep. now cover up all these things where flowers would have gone. So yeah, yep. I mean I think I think that like the forests in our market need to come together to create like an industry standard, not price fixing, not anything like that, but just come together and say, Look, like this is what we should be doing. We're doing our industry mm-hmm. a disservice by not doing this. And then we sure. need to educate our planners not and like just come together and just so we're all, you know, have under a you know understanding of what it takes to achieve sure. these different looks for their clients.
1: Because mm-hmm. I mean, I hate and like, it. yeah. It yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense though. And then I, yeah, it's it's hard when you put people into a bidding war. You know, as planners, yeah. I feel like I I personally feel horrible when I go and get a quote from somebody and then you know say a client you know finds someone else and wants to go with them Mm -hmm. instead because they're personally shopping off of their end so now I have to go back to the vendor whoever and just be like look so sorry but you know this this is what happened you know but in also all of that like If you are shopping and you're bidding people against each other, like, literally be transparent about it. You know, like, don't just ghost someone out. Don't, like, just leave them hanging for dry when you're clearly active on Instagram. You know, like, everyone is on their phone 24-7. And take the time, literally, to just be like, look, so sorry. Um, Yeah. I actually was bidding you guys against each other. And don't, I mean, you don't have to obviously name names, but just be like, we just simply say we decided to go a different direction. Just keep it Uh in that. And I feel like feelings will be less hurt, the fact that you just went out of your way to literally say that versus, like, leaving you hanging to dry when you have another client maybe who – is wanting to get a bid from you, and you're like, well, I don't know, because I have someone else that I gave a bid, but they haven't told me yes or no. You know, so just, like, literally, yeah, like I said, just reach out and just be like, look, sorry, this is the situation. People will respect you a lot better.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think also another thing is, like, letting your vendors know, like, hey, this client is very financially driven or they're very design (laughs) driven. If they're financially mm-hmm. driven, like, you know, hey, give me a number and I'm going to just make the designs what will fit within that number. Sure. But if they're design driven, there's always, like, a little bit of flexibility in that price, you know, because it's like if they want this, they're probably going to spend a little bit extra money for that. Um, and then, oh, there was something something else. I th- I think also, like, a, like telling, letting, being very transparent about how long it takes to work up a quote, like, you know, mm-hmm. and how much time is being invested. Like, if you are going to price shop, let me know because I'm not going to, I might give you a rough quote and tell you it's going to be between this, this price range and this price range instead of trying to precisely go through every detail of the quote and spending, mm-hmm. you know, eight hours or whatever on a quote, we might spend less. You know, so sure. I think that has been, like, the biggest struggle. But other than that, I mean, I, I love working with planners. Sometimes it, it makes things a little bit less complicated with the client um, because you're just filtering all your questions to one person, um, to the planner, and taking, you know, taking the lead of the planner. Um, so I, I enjoy that um, a lot, especially with the bigger weddings. It definitely, I feel like, complicates things less. Yeah. Um, Sometimes
1: doing that for sure. Mhm. Yeah, for sure. Um. But yeah, I mean, coming down to it, is just the educational piece in it, you know. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's always it's always the education, you know, especially for people who may be newer to the industry that literally just have no clue on, you know, pricing and how much things cost yeah. and you know, the time that goes into these things, it's just like they use their prices and just mm-hmm. as you wouldn't want one of your friends to, you know, ask for a discount or right. undercut yeah. the market or do whatever. It's like, don't do that. Like, respect right. a vendor's price. It is what it is. Um And if it doesn't work, like I said, say it. You know, say, yeah. hey, so sorry, we're going to go in a different direction. Great, fine. Like, yeah. no hard feelings done exactly. you know but it doesn't mean you're not gonna work with them
2: right ever exactly. you know it's
1: like it's business you know it is what it yeah. is <laughs> yeah exactly no, I like totally we don't have time to sit around and cry that we didn't get that bid it's like nope I'm yeah. on the next I'm it, it, it's yeah. fine you know like I don't care <laughs> yeah.
2: exactly exactly I agree
1: so then um you know, for you, what has been the most, I mean, amazing install that you've ever been a part of?
2: Um, there, there have been so many this past year. Um, okay, I'm gonna say two answers. Um, okay. <laughs> the probably the biggest install, the most, like, you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe we pulled that off was, um, in January we did like a huge chandelier in, um, at the Mayo Hotel in the ballroom and it was just, um, hanging tulips, there were 2,500 tulips hanging from the chandelier and then, you know, hydrangeas and roses and all these things like all, all around. It was like, it was very luck and I had never done that before, never, (laughs) never once, um, you know, so figuring that out and figuring out the best way to do it and gathering the team and um, everything, that that was, that's probably my favorite one because it was so challenging. I think always the installs that are my favorite always are the ones that I'm nervous about the most going into it. Um, so that one was my favorite, probably my favorite install, and then, but my favorite thing that we ever did was last year and actually it was on June 8th which a year ago today um was the two weddings like one in Tulsa and one in Branson Missouri on the same day and so that because that was just like how are we gonna how are we gonna be in two places at once and it was just a huge problem solving you know type of thing and logistics and making sure everyone was Doing this and everyone knew what they were supposed to be doing, and that was my favorite day, my favorite two weddings to do, just because of the challenge that it was. We ended up um, do, having a team of like 22 or more, and half went to Tulsa and half went to Branson, and then I actually got on a plane and went from Tulsa to Branson that Holy that God. day. <laughs> So Gosh. that was my that was my favorite day from like an experience standpoint. Like a, I can't believe we pulled this off. How did we pull this off? And then like the months leading up to it, just me like recognizing like this is nuts. You're nuts. <laughs> Why? Why are you doing this? <laughs> but just like
1: it's so funny because I absolutely love logistics and so like just figuring out like the logistics on all of that like makes me super excited and Yeah. Just obviously I'm sure that was super challenging but the fact that you can are obviously on the other side of it and say,
2: Yeah, yeah we did
1: that. You know, like yeah. it was crazy but we did it, you know, it's just Yeah Yeah. Logistics. Super fun. So good. You gotta-
2: <laughs> not one thing went wrong, not, like, we wow. didn't have one, like, real, like, snafu, and I think, like, through, like, we got into, it was a, it was a scheduling issue. I had already said yes to one wedding, but then it was a really good client that came and was also getting married on that same day, and so, mm-hmm. but at first, that, the brand wedding wasn't supposed to be as large as it ended up being, but it, I think it was just, like, a constant thing of, like, no one's going to tell me no. No one's going to tell me it's not possible. Like, we're just going to figure it out. <laughs> and it's just going to work. And whatever we need to do to make it work is, is just kind of like how I approached it. It was just like constant problem solving. Like, this isn't happening. This isn't working. Okay, well, what are we going to do? So it was just, I sure. loved it. Uh, it was so, like, intense and challenging and thrilling, really.
1: Mhm. Well and like I said, it's one of those things that you see a challenge, like you know you can kind of I feel like sometimes foresee things and kinda of just realize like this is gonna be a beast and a half to get through but yeah. we're gonna do it and here we go, you know? Um yeah. yeah, it's probably one of the most rewarding things getting through something like that afterwards that You honestly don't even realize that you're in, I I almost, I'm not going to say that. (laughs) There's things definitely that I want to say, you know, on the podcast, but then things also that I want to stay, not politically correct, but just stay sensitive to. Um, Yeah. But definitely, you know, on event day, it's a lot of tension, a lot of pressure, a lot of moving parts you know a lot of people to pull together a wedding um yeah but just to have your team ready uh ready to go it
2: mm-hmm.
1: shows you know it shows truly from a leader um the execution part of things you know and how you yeah. truly set that standard and you're like look guys like this is what's going on this is how we're going to do it let's tackle it you know um yeah so it's super fun I love that so then um you know how can we help you um
2: oh I don't I don't know (laughs) I don't don't know I mean I think um I don't know maybe just I think you and I kind of talked about before just like you know sharing each other's feed or being you know supporting you know one another I think mainly um Mainly, I think that is the best way um, i don't I, you know I don't know um, probably probably just sharing sharing things on social media and things like that, and vice versa, like me doing the same with you and everything um, i th- I think
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that <laughs> um, so then, what is one last nugget that you would want to share with the nugget crew?
2: Um, I think the thing that has always stayed with me is just to never give up. Um, that's always something that from, even from childhood, I used to be a part of like competitive softball and, you know, play sports and tennis and different things. And I think that's just always stuck with me. I had a coach that, that he made us say that every time we took the field and, um, it just stuck with me. And I think that's also part of like what has, when there's a challenge or, you know, a problem, like, I've, it's never, I can't do that. It's like, okay, well, how are we going to do that? How are we going to make mm-hmm. that work? Or um, I, I think that's the biggest thing for me that's kept me going. Um, and, you know, my my team, like, to not get discouraged in myself, like, because being in a creative industry, like, we're constantly picking at ourselves and constantly, like, judging ourselves or thinking, you know, we're not good enough or we're not doing enough or, you know, this. And especially being a business owner and getting pulled in so many different directions, it can be very um, defeating at times. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel like just stepping back and just realizing, like, you know, just keep going. Like, every day is a new day. And, you know, if you didn't do good the day before, do better the next day, and just don't give
1: sure. up. Sure. So. Well, I, you know, just hearing you um, in your nugget, I actually would like to have you um, back yeah. onto the podcast if possible because I would like to yeah. chat about sports. Um, oh. I actually... I am also a former athlete, and I think it actually has really helped shape into, like, everyday life now, you know. And yeah. it's almost like if we can encourage parents to throw their kids into sports, um, it just shapes better human beings. But, I totally um, agree. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, I mean, again, for being on the podcast today, uh, sharing your story, sharing you know, your mission and what you do. I will definitely reach out uh, for a part two. But, yeah, have a wonderful rest of your awesome. week, and thank we'll chat so soon. So. Okay, thank you so much.
2: Thank I you. Have so much time. Yay.
1: Okay. Yay, thanks. Bye-bye. All right, bye.